That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch and shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL KSL Sports, excuse me, brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The Jazz beat the Pelicans tonight, one twenty eight to one twenty six. Let's take a look at your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. The Jazz tonight shot fifty one point one percent from the field, forty six of ninety. They were sixteen of thirty three from three for forty eight and a half percent. Led by Boyan Bogdanovich, thirty five points. Joe Ingles with 22 points to go along with his six assists. He also had a couple of steals. Donovan Mitchell, 19 points and six assists tonight. Jordan Clarkson with 16 points coming in off the bench. Jazz led by Rudy Gobert's 19 rebounds. Rudy also had an assist uh, to go along with uh, his nine points. So Jazz certainly active, and they shot the ball well tonight, Ben. They just The defense wasn't quite where it's been in the past. And that's... A really remarkable thing about the way this Jazz team's playing right now, where they they weren't great tonight. They, Rudy did not have the impact that he usually has, and that's a, a big credit to Derek Favors and how good he is and how well those two know each other. Uh, and, and the fact that you're on the third game of a three-game road trip, like you're going to be exhausted when you go from what was it, Detroit, Orlando, New Orleans? Like those aren't close to each other. Orlando's, Chicago, Orlando. Oh, Chicago. Yes, yep. Chicago, Orlando. And the night before that, or before that, you were here in Salt Lake against Detroit. Against Detroit. So you go Utah, Chicago, very southern. Well, I guess it's Central Florida, but you know, southern peninsula, and then over to uh, over to New Orleans. That's a crazy road trip circling the, the United States. You're going to be beat sometimes. You're going to be exhausted. Oh, and by the way, sprinkled in there was New Year's Day. You know, New Year's Eve. So all these weird things that are happening for the Jazz. And they're having great success and winning games however you have to win. You have to find ways to win games in the NBA, and the Jazz did that with red-hot shooting and clutch play and big players stepping up and big moments. And that was, that was was. And the Jazz were beat up. I mean, Royce got hurt in that game. Boyan Bogdanovich got hurt in that game. Donovan Mitchell got hurt in that game. Those are tough, especially against a team that's young and doesn't know any better like the Pelicans right now. All right, let's throw things back to New Orleans. Quinn Snyder is addressing the media. Teams go through different different things during the course of a season. And, um, they're playing very well. Um, they they know who they are. You know they have an identity, and they're really tough to guard. Um, so I think our, you know, our ability to score some points tonight um, put us in a position. And then at the end, you know obviously Rudy made a great play. Um, I thought Royce, you know, on the defensive glass was was big and we also we managed um you know we didn't call timeout felt like boyan and donovan on the last possession our last offensive possession you know they they did a great job using the clock and as a result there wasn't you know there wasn't time at the end so um, a lot of good things from our group tonight and 
dragging a little bit at the end of a road trip and found a way to win. What does it say about this team that on a night when the defense is not really as yeah. effective as you like to be the offense getting yeah. different Well, there's going to be nights the other team tries to score, and and they're good at it. Um, so there, the, some of the breakdowns we had defensively, whether it be, and we talked a lot about not fouling jump shooters, um, that was hard to do. I thought the second half we were more solid defensively, um, but they made some plays. The first half we, you know, we we had a few breakdowns, particularly at the beginning of the game. Um, but as I said, I think, you know, we were able to put some points on the board tonight. Um, and guys, different guys did it at different times. Boyan obviously, you know, carried us for a while there. How, how valuable is uh, Boyan? We were talking about Boyan's shooting slump earlier, right? So that it's a good example of, I think that's, just to, to hit on it, I think that's one of the things that makes him special is that, you know, when he's not making shots, um, he's actually kind of in reverse order. You know, there's been games where he hasn't made shots and he's made one at the end, and tonight, you know, he was really scoring. I, I think he finished tonight. He just was more poised around the rim, and, um, you know, his jump shot set that up. How, how important is is his presence uh, to Donovan you know, when you could just kind of dump it in and do some ISO stuff with him? Yeah, you know, I, I think the majority of the game, we don't want to play that way throughout the game. Um, you know, but when the game slows down, um, his ability, whether it be to score on the post or, <clears throat> you know, face up and play in the middle of the floor and get a good shot, you know, they're not always going to go in. But I think the balance of our team, you know, is, is something that's a strength. And you mentioned Donovan and, and Boyan. You know, I, I think what Jordan did tonight, putting the ball in the basket off the bench, um, we got lifts from a lot of guys. Emmanuel had some good minutes for us, and, and obviously Joe as well. So um, we got help from a lot of different people, and, you know, that's how we got to play. Were you getting any clarification on what the referees were reviewing on that final play? I'm not, I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. You know, I what's reviewable in that situation and what's not. I I am sure. I'm not sure what was, um, what the call was, but we thought the game was over, and and it was. So referees did their job and did ours. There you go. That was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder in referring to that, uh, the final review, that's especially confusing because they can't review that play because no foul was called. However, Locke was saying something about a, a ref blew a whistle and the, the whistle malfunctioned or something. I, Which actually they did early in the game, too. They had a, an inadvertent whistle they did. at half court. That's right. So I, Darn that, whistles. They keep blowing. Listen, the, the, the refereeing tonight left, left quite a bit to be desired, but that last part was confusing because they really can't review that play. Do you believe it all for a second when Quinn says, I'm not sure what is reviewable in that situation? Do <laughs> you think Quinn lets any rock go unturned about what rules are in the NBA? That guy knows everything. He is so detail-oriented. There's no way he there's no way he didn't know that game was over. Right. You know, I mean, that's why his team left and they were gonna not they were gonna make it hard on the refs to bring team players back and Thankfully, the NBA didn't have a big uh, problem on their hands. Let's go back to New Orleans. Donovan Mitchell is addressing the media. To keep pacing an offensive game, you know, nights when we don't really execute well defensively, for us to be able to kind of rely on our offense, you know, but also we execute down the stretch. I also made some mistakes, you know, me fouling, JJ, um, Lonzo in the corner, you know, miscommunication, stuff like that. Um, great teams, you know, good teams are able to, you know, um, push through that, you know, and find ways and find ways to make 
the way, and we did. What can you say about Bogey tonight? He's back. Um, you know, obviously, he's been, it's no secret he's been through a little shoot or something, but you know, for him, just be, continue to be the same. He's taking the same shots he's been getting. You know, and I think for him now, it's just just making them, you know, and confidently shooting them, and um, it's good to have him back. Guys have won six in a row, 11 of your last 12. How do you kind of feel about, obviously, you don't want to tie everything to the results, but how do you feel about where the team is at at this point? Uh, we're, doing, we're doing a good job. You know, I think we can do things better. You know, obviously, three in the road trip, we're going to be a little tired, but for us to be able to persevere the way we did and show the ADT shows the improvements we have made. You know, maybe a month and a half, two months ago, we don't, who knows, you know, what happens. You know, um, I think the Laker game at home is really a low point for us, one of the lowest points, and obviously the East Coast road trip, so be able to be where we are now after remembering that. I think that's still fresh in our mind, and we should always keep that mentality that we don't want to go back to that. Tonight, you were kind of struggling to shoot the ball, but uh, making up for it sooner assists. What were you seeing in terms of uh, your distribution? Yeah, I know for me, just understanding the shot's not going to be there every night. You know, there's some shots, you know, that, you know, I, I feel like I, I should be taking, you know, and I, obviously if they don't go in, they'll be able to find guys who are open. You know, I think the biggest ones for me were the ones in transition. You know, I think those is being able to get it for defensive set, finding Joe, George, uh, big fella, like those, those really, you know, lifted, especially coming out of the fourth. And then also not having to do anything, you know, boy on that 35, giving them the ball, you know, giving Joe the ball, let them make plays and trusting your teammates. That's, that's really been the biggest thing for me, not really forcing shots where I don't have to because I think I shot like 7 and 19. It could have been, you know, the past two years, you guys know, like it could have been, you know, 7 and 25 or 26, but being able to trust your teammates and make the right plays would help me a lot. How much can you feel it at the end of a road trip? Your legs are a little bit tired. Uh, for sure. You know, you just understand that that's how the body feels. It's natural, you know, but being able to persevere is, you know, what, what good teams do when we're able to do that. All right, that was Donovan Mitchell, and yeah, they dug deep a little bit uh, for this one tonight, Ben. Th- third game of a three-game road trip against a team in the Pelicans that have been playing well and are certainly playing hard and have some talent, and they dug deep to come away with the win. And are a lot younger than the Jazz. Right. You know, that team should have more energy than the Jazz do, especially when you're sleeping in your own bed, and you know, you don't, Jazz don't get to go to Beale Street every night, so I'm sure they, they probably went out and had a little bit of fun last night. You know, we, we know they were at the uh, playoff game the other night uh, watching the uh, Saints play, so certainly they've been out and experiencing life and then to, to get this victory is impressive. All right. I uh, want to remind you, every time the Jazz win, you win. The day after every Jazz win, home or away, Little Caesars is giving you free pizza. Order one custom round multi toppy pizza through the Little Caesars app, and you'll receive a free large extra most bestest pepperoni pizza using the promo code UTAHJAZZ, all one word. Valid at all participating Utah Little Caesars locations. Mobile orders only. Your final tonight, the Jazz beat the Pelicans 128-126. to Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new, uh, all redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. More straight ahead right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. It's brought to you by Mark Miller's Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jazz beat the Pelicans 128 to 126. They moved to 24 and 12 on the season, 11 and 9 away from uh, Vivint Smart Home Arena, which actually, Ben, and uh, we'll get to the points in the paint coming up here in a second, but uh, improving that road record is actually a really, really good sign. I mean, remember all those years with uh, uh, Darren and Carlos Boozer and some teams that were pretty good, darn good. They were not good on 
the road. And, you know, you look at the Jazz struggles, and they struggled on the road earlier early in the year, but that's a really good sign that they're up above 500. Winning games in the clutch is one thing, and then winning games in the clutch on the road is, is really hard to do. It's really impressive, especially when, you know, and, and I know the Pelicans, I mean, and Lonzo Ball, I've, I've seen the sound coming from the locker room now. He's complaining about the whistle they got tonight, and probably rightfully so. He said, A, he signaled for a timeout, and the refs didn't call it uh, on that final play, and then mm. B, uh, you're probably going to see that Rudy Gobert fouled Brandon Ingram on the final play, but the Jazz didn't get a good whistle tonight either. I mean, there was some very bad calls. Jordan Clarkson picked up a technical foul on a foul that he absolutely did not uh, commit against Brandon Ingram. Tony Bradley, I thought, had a rough whistle a couple of times. So it, it was not a great performance by the referees for either team. Uh, and the Jazz still found a way to get the win, and they, they, it was authentic. I mean, I've used that word a lot tonight, but, but it's true that the Jazz are winning games a tough way. Back to New Orleans we go. Boyan Bogdanovich. Holland. Try to try to involve me more in a in the second half, especially on a, trying to pause the smaller smaller guy that I have on on me on the switches. How's your wrist and what happened on that play? Did you hit the camera? Or? No, I didn't hit the camera. I fall on my on my wrist, but it's it's fine. Nothing nothing serious. So I'm good. <laughs> What does it say about the team that on a night where you're struggling defensively as a team that you now have enough offensive firepower to kind of keep up in a game like this? We kind of trade the basket with them for a uh, for a whole, whole game. They they put us in a in a in a day rhythm in a, in up and down up and down basketball early early shot. But uh, but end of the game, the, the last game of, of every every road trip is kind of kind of tricky game. So we were lucky tonight to get a to get a W. Rudy was was big once again in the last couple of minutes minutes defensively and, uh, and on the boards as well. Speaking of that, what did you see on that final play? I mean, it's tough to tough to see from, from over there. I didn't even know if, if they review it or not, but I mean, we get a W. There's not, not, not much to say. Speaking of which, you've now won six in a row, 11 of your last 12. Uh, how do you feel about where the team is right now? Are things getting closer to where you want them to be? What's still, and what still needs work? Yeah, we are getting getting closer, but we still uh, still miss one of one of our most most important guy in, in, in Mike, our first starting starting point guard. So when he came back, we're gonna we're gonna need to to put him in a in a in a system system early. He will need to to adjust again. But like you mentioned, we are playing we are playing great basketball basketball lately. So we got two games and a home right now. Take care of, of the business over there as well. I was Boyan Bogdanovich, and boy, did he have a, a big night tonight. Let's actually go back to uh, Rudy Gobert in New Orleans. Uh, I think Ingram got the rebound and just pushed the ball, and I just went to contest the shot. It's pretty much it. I mean, uh, I went straight up in my arms. And, uh, I haven't watched the replay yet, but what do you guys think? I don't know. I know I hit the ball in my, I hit the ball in my, my, in my form. And then we just both, we fell with the momentum and just, he pulled me down and we fell. Do you know if they said they were, they were reviewing for the foul or do you know what they were reviewing for? I mean, there was no whistle blown, so by the rule, I don't think they can review it. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on. We just went to the locker room. You're, uh, how are your legs? Are you feeling tired at the end of this road trip? What's it, did it feel like a little bit of a longer one? I mean, yeah. It was a long road trip, but uh, I think we, I like the way we play right now. I think we, you know, obviously, you know, a little tired, you know, but uh, 
that we, we still come out every night to, to get wins and uh, you know we we didn't play great tonight, but we found a way to, to win the game. So it's, uh, I think it's the mark of the of the great teams, you know, being able to find uh, the energy. I think uh, half of the team uh, was kind of sick tonight. How do we, we all had the cold, you know, so we found a way to fight and get a win. It's nice to know that you guys, even when you're not playing defensively very well, you get a little contributions from everyone. Royce on the defensive boards, Bogey scoring, little thing. even Tony had a block there that really save things? Is it nice to have just all those little things come together? I mean, we know that those, all those little things make the difference at the end. You know, and uh, maybe if Royce doesn't get one rebound, we, we lose our game. Or if I don't I mean, if I don't contest a shot, we lose the game. So it's it's the little details that, that make the difference. And we saw that tonight. All right, that was Rudy Gobert there, uh, of course, breaking down the final play. Said he blocked or, or he got ball with his forearm, and then they just went crashing to the ground. They couldn't review the play. Rudy also saying people not feeling too well, a little cold swooping uh, through the team. It's going around. It is. It's, it's going around, It's going Jake. around. I got, I've got a toddler at home that's, uh, that's coughing all night, so yeah, I get it. Well, it's probably not the same one because the Jazz weren't uh, here in Salt Lake. No, different, true, different stream. The Louisiana cold. <laughs> Rudy. Everybody's got a bit of a cold. It's strange. Spent the night on Bourbon Street last night, but uh, yeah. Anyway, Jazz come out with a win. Uh, everything they said is uh, is right on with it. What what Boyan said, what the Jazz are doing is that everyone's stepping up and doing little things. And you know, Rudy talked about Royce O'Neal's defensive rebounding. Jake, that was something you and I talked about while we were watching the game. And just somebody has to do it. That was a big question about this team going into the season is who was going to rebound. And Rudy had 19 rebounds again. He's just a freak. He does it every single night. Even with a cold. Even with a cold. And then uh, Royce O'Neal came out and grabbed seven rebounds by himself. You know, and just wasn't great tonight. Royce O'Neal, as far as shooting the ball, was just one of two. Uh, Missed one that would have sealed the game late, uh, but still found a way to impact the game. And didn't have his best defensive performance against Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram was insane tonight. Uh, And and the Jazz still got the victory and everyone had to do their part. and, And the Jazz got the W. By the way, they're going to do a pool report with uh, apparently in New oh, Orleans with uh, with the referees. So maybe we'll get more of a clarification on that. Last. They should at least explain why they reviewed it. Because again, Rudy, even though we were talking about whether or not Quinn Snyder knew whether they could review it or not, he yeah. said, "I don't know." Of course, he did. Rudy knew they couldn't review that right. play. So no call could yeah, review no. it. So we went to the locker room. Case closed. Yeah. All right. Want to remind you, go where love takes you in the all-new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz beat the Pelicans tonight, 128 to 126, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports, brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Your final, 128-126. to The Jazz beat the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, let's get two points in the paint pen. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA. Visit SertaPro.com. It's Serta with a C. We do painting. You do life. Jazz in the paint tonight. Uh, outscored the Pelicans by 254-52. And considering they were trailing in this stat by 10 going into the fourth quarter that tells a little bit of a story yeah uh this was this was a very impressive performance by the jazz overall and 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 a tough game and it was funny jake listening to everyone talk about 
how tired they were. And I would imagine they were. We, we mentioned that. A three-game road trip, bouncing around from Chicago to Orlando to New Orleans. It's not, you know, it's not Philly, New York, you know, Brooklyn. You know, you're yeah. not doing that that easy trip. That That's kind of a tough trip even across the East Coast uh, to come out as tired as they were and still win and, and play a team that was not playing tired at all in the Pelicans. They, they had a ton of energy. It was That was impressive. And then, of course, statistically a nice night. Let's take a look at your assist feature, proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Throughout the Utah Jazz season, Larry H. Miller Dealerships donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. Tonight, the Jazz had 19 assists on 46 made field goals. Uh, Joe Ingles had six assists. Donovan Mitchell has had six assists. Both those players have been very strong in this category for the past couple of weeks. Uh, but it didn't feel like tonight was as much about ball movement as other games have, have been. It felt like Bogdanovich stopped the ball a little bit. Jordan Clarkson stopped the ball a little bit. And maybe it was the way that New Orleans was playing defense, but this did not feel like one of those ball-popping blender type games. Which is sometimes why you you pay guys $17 million a year. Like, I don't want to pay a guy because he's a great passer. And, and I, I mean that with this full naivete of, of what modern basketball is. Like, sometimes I want my guy who I pay a bunch of money to to beat the other player one-on-one and, and get buckets. And that's exactly what Boyan Bogdanovich did tonight. In fact, he didn't pass the ball at all tonight because what was the stat we just got from, uh, from Adrian? Hit the producer? Adrian. First player since 2000 to go 35 <laughs> points, zero rebounds, zero assists since Allen Houston in the year 2000. So wow. they, they call that Shabazz Muhammadan. You remember Shabazz yeah. Muhammad from UCLA? About every third game, he would score and have no rebounds and no assists. I Meaning he just did nothing else, but all he did was score, and he was really good at it. He got him drafted, actually, by the Jazz yep. in the Trey Burke trade. Uh, it's hard to not grab a rebound in 35 minutes. It's hard to not actually accidentally pass the ball to Rudy Gobert for a dunk or, or a three-point shooter when you hit 16 threes tonight. He did have had a couple himself, but uh, that's great. I mean, it's not great. You don't want that every night. You want him to get assists and rebounds and whatever. He scored 35 points tonight, and most of those are in isolation because he, he, he was really good. I mean, and they didn't have any answer for him because he's bigger than Lonzo Ball is, and he would take him to the paint, or Derek Favors would try and switch onto him, and he'd hit a three. Yeah, you make a bunch of money. We need you to perform yep. insanely well, and he performed insanely well tonight. So with that stat from Adrian, when, when Bogdanovich threw that high pass to Rudy that instead went into the third row, he was really just going for the record. Yeah. I mean, you can't ruin it with a with an easy he knew uh, what's going you on. Know, bunny to Rudy. You yeah, just right. uh, <laughs> lost it out of Didn't bounds. get it to you. I don't hey, know what to tell you. I'm trying to catch Allen Houston. Give me a break. You know, that guy could score. <laughs> One thing Jazz the game. I mean, there's no question Boyan Bogdanovich is, is the reason why the Jazz won two of these three games on the road. He was great in Chicago, like we mentioned, had those uh, six points on back-to-back-to-back possessions of just going in the post and then I think passed out of it, speaking of assists. And then tonight was carrying the team when, when Donovan wasn't great. And then interesting thing in the post game, Donovan saying, you guys have seen me the last few games or the last few years, I should say. And what do you go? Seven of 19 tonight. Donovan uh, 18. Did? Seven of 18. He's like, you know, in years past, that was a seven of 25 performance. That's heady. Yeah. That's what you want to see from Donovan Mitchell because it doesn't seem like a great night still, but it could have been so much worse. And the Jazz won because it wasn't worse. I believe uh, with Bogdanovich, uh, Ben, I believe you brought up the comparison earlier in the year, and it's not game-to-game comparison by any means, but there's a little Joe Johnson there where when you need a bucket, you know, say, hey, hey, Joe, go back down your guy and go get us a bucket like you've done in your entire career. Bogdanovich now has a little bit of that where they can get a preferable switch. Uh, tonight it was uh, Lonzo Ball, and when that happened – 
Bogdanovich just goes to work. And, and ISO, ISO Bo. And he's really good. That's hey, what you call him, ISO Bo hey, now. Hey, look all right. at that. Let's, let's go ahead and get a patent pending on that. Uh, that's all Ben Anderson right there, ISO Bo. But uh, it's very effective. Very effective. It was tonight. Okay, the best players in NBA history. I mean, again, I love the pass. I love the three-point shot. I love how well teams play together. The best players in NBA history have all been isolation scores. Whether that's Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, LeBron James, like every, Kobe Bryant. Every single one of those guys, late in the game, can get you a bucket when they need to by beating the other team, regardless of what you do defensively. They're just too good. Yep. You have to be able to do it. Why have the Jazz lost in the playoffs in the last couple of years? They couldn't get buckets in isolation. You have to be able to do it, especially when the opposing team has played you five games in a row, six games in a row, and knows every tendency and knows how to break up every play you're running. All right, let's take a look at your Master of the Glass tonight, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball, and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader, with all proceeds benefiting the neighborhood house, and we've mentioned this stat a couple of times already tonight that uh, ben, but tonight's master of the glass, Rudy Gobert, of course, 19 rebounds, 19. He had four offensive rebounds and was just absolutely a monster. The Jazz tonight uh, on the glass uh, actually out-rebounded by the Pelicans, 47-43, to 43, but I don't want to think where this team would be rebounding-wise without Rudy Gobert. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's just absolutely essential. I mean, it's almost like Donovan Mitchell scoring last year for the team. They just didn't have anyone else who could do it, so he had to do so much of it. The Jazz don't have anyone else right now who's averaging double-digit rebounds or even close, and, and Favors was such a good rebounder last year for the team. Now that he's gone, it's basically all fallen on the shoulders of Rudy, and he's just gladly turned into a vacuum. I mean, he just pulls in every board. He have just 14 a game. That's a huge number. 14 a game is, is absurd. And then, so, I think this is his sixth... 19 point or 19 rebound game of the season or, or seventh now at this point he just he's a walking rebound and it's amazing because not that he hasn't always been a good rebounder he has but his ability to continue to adjust and adapt to what the jazz need is just incredible and he's doing it without scoring right now he didn't have a he didn't have double digit scoring tonight nope. it's back to back nights he hasn't done it I promise you Rudy Gobert wants to score the ball and wants touches and wants to get looks and he's not getting them and he's still doing the other things he need and that's a star being willing to be uh, unselfish. That's a, that's a nice thing for the Jazz. His matchup, by the way, Derek Favors, 29 minutes, 9 points, 10 boards, 2 assists, and 3 block shots for Derek. Favors was good. Favors was Favors. You know, I mean, we've seen that exact game from Derek Favors so many times, including the big late 3-point play uh, that he had after giving up 3 to Boyan Bogdanovich. He goes down, gets it on the pick and roll, draws the foul against Rudy, I think it was, and, and got the layup. He's just, he's really a great player. Derek Favors is and was, was big tonight for the Pelicans. Brandon Ingram led the way for the Pelicans with 35 points on 12 of 26 shooting. Uh, let's see, J.J. Redick with 23 points tonight. He was good. Lonzo Ball, an efficient 21 points on 8 of 14 shooting. He also added 8 boards and 7 assists. Um, you know, I'm not following Lonzo, you know, under a magnifying glass by any means, Ben, you know, game to game to game. But he is a much better player than he was even last year. I think he's got three games in a row scoring 20 or yep. more. Never done that tonight. before. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really hard to do. And, and Look, he's in a new spot, and there are 35 games into the season now. That's sometimes what it takes for guys to, to figure out what's going on, what, what the team wants, what the coach wants, and good for him. He's taking advantage of it, and if he can do that, I mean, Jake, this team was really good tonight. The Pelicans were really good. They were really tough, and they didn't have their best player in Zion, and they didn't have their second best player in Drew Holiday. 
or you know maybe they're third best because Brandon Ingram has emerged so well. But we get your point. That that's tough. And if they get Zion back and he's healthy and is the guy we saw at Duke, that's a really good team and, and might make the playoffs because the bottom of the West is so bad. It's so awful right now. And by the bottom of the West, I mean teams eight through fifteen. Anybody, any one of those teams can still make a run. Probably not the Warriors, but basically every other team can still make a run. So don't be at all surprised if the Pelicans keep playing like this if they're in the playoffs. You know, this is not the Western Conference from five, six years ago where wasn't it the Phoenix Suns who won 50 games and didn't make the playoffs? Yeah. Jeff Hornacek was uh, was their coach, yep. I believe. And um, what's his name in Miami was their point guard? And Dragic. Were, yeah, Dragic, yep. and they were a pretty decent team. And didn't can you imagine that, not making the playoffs for 50 wins? That's, that's just wild. That's certainly not this year. Uh, and we thought it'd be a little bit more spread out from a competitive standpoint. I don't know if it's more spread out. It's just not as top-heavy. Yeah. Uh, and it's weird because, I mean, the Jazz are, you know, the fifth seed and are, what, 12 games over 500 right now. So there's uh, certainly really good teams in the West, and, and it's anybody's game right now. I don't think the West has been decided by any stretch, and the Jazz are putting themselves in that conversation to come out of the West. And that's got to be really fun as a Jazz fan. It's going to be really important to get with that top seed. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of teams who want to play Portland or New Orleans because do you want to play Luka Doncic in Dallas? No, no. Or maybe, I mean, OKC, we'll see if they blow it up by the trade deadline, and they certainly could, but they're good. I don't want to play Chris Paul for seven games, even if I'm LeBron or if I'm the Clippers. Like I don't want to play that Thunder team. They, they play too hard. So, the, and, and then three through six is just going to be a wreck in the Western Conference. Yeah. You're, going to, you're going to escape very bruised and very battered. By the way, Bowler just tweeting this out, uh, going to the official stats, and it was this way unofficially, I suppose, but officially no block shot for Rudy on that fa- huh. on that uh, that final play. Yeah, missed field goal for Brandon Ingram. Yeah. You Rudy, hate, you hate to see it. <laughs> Rudy thought he got a little ball with uh, with his forearm. I, that's not what I saw. No, it and was the forearm. There was forearm on forearm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it was one of those. But you know what? Ingram was grabbing him around the waist, as you point out, Ben, and maybe it's one of those you know offsetting penalties type and, things. But I, I, I mean, they just didn't have the stones to blow the whistle down yeah. the stretch. It was a bad call. Yeah. You know, and if the Jazz were on the opposite end of it, Jazz fans would be up in arms right now that they didn't get the foul call. And they have been on the opposite end of it. You know, it was early in the year. Donovan Mitchell called out the refs and said he's not getting fouls called. It was against Sacramento. Remember they lost? He felt like yeah. he got fouled on the three-point shot. So you got you got one, you lost one. You know, right. even Steven. Uh, Adrian did point this out, though, on Twitter uh, that, uh, you know, they, they're used to this type of thing in New Orleans, right? Bad calls late. A well, little push off against Minnesota, yeah. and then last year, a little thing, a little yeah. thing in the playoffs. Even when there is a review, it's not going their way. A little thing. Yeah, just just one of those, one of those. You know, a little push off. Although Adrian's not feeling too bad about it, his Vikings are. Nope, and I love the overtime on. rules in the NFL. Big fan. <laughs> Big fan. I'm actually fine with the overtime rules. The the adjustment that they made. Touchdown wins it. Yeah, there you go. Call the coin better. Indeed. All right, uh, we'll have Call more. Call the coin better. <laughs> we'll have more coming up right around the corner. I want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final Jazz beat the Pelicans by two, 128 to 126. More straight ahead here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show, Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. 128 to 126 is your final. The Jazz win 
over the Pelicans. Let's take a look at your three-point takeover brought to you each and every night by our friends at Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Tonight, the Jazz from three, Ben, 16 of 33, 48.5%. Uh, they were led by Joe Ingles, who was four of five from three. George Niang continues to be red hot. He was two of three. Jordan Clarkson, four of seven coming off the bench. Donovan Mitchell, two of six. Boyan Bogdanovich, three of nine. And Royce O'Neal, one of two. And in fact, the one he missed, I thought was going down. That was going to ice the game uh, for the Jazz, but they held on anyway. But certainly a great night shooting the three tonight. It's just amazing what three-point shooting does and erases. The Jazz were not great tonight. I mean, they, they were bad in pick-and-roll defense most of the night. They got beat a couple of times in isolation. Jordan Clarkson specifically had kind of a rough defensive night, I thought. Donovan Mitchell was in foul trouble for most of the game, uh, including finishing with five fouls. And when you hit threes, it just doesn't matter. And that's why the Golden State Warriors have appeared to be the perfect basketball team. I would bet if you watch them every night, you would understand all the flaws they've had over the last five years. But when you can hit threes like that over and over and over and every trip down the floor, you're just that big of a threat. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you make. And when you hit 16 threes in a game, which isn't a huge number compared to what the Jazz have done, but you hit 16 of 33, it's like the Jazz took 45 threes tonight to get that number. When you do it that efficiently, it's just... I mean, it'll just kill an opposing team. And that's what the Jazz did tonight. And I know it wasn't a blowout victory, but every time the Pelicans got close, the Jazz would hit a three, you know, and and get it back up to four points. Or we're down two, the Jazz would hit a three and get up by one. It's just tough. And the Jazz are good because of it. I mean, the Jazz are going to get a ton of good results as uh, as a result of, of hitting these threes like this. Well, and it's it's so different this year where you've added some shooters as opposed to last year. And this is without Mike Conley, by the way. But last year, you know, the Jazz had to tape together an offense and you relied on Jay Crowder to shoot some threes and you, you relied on Ricky Rubio to shoot threes. Non-three shoot, non-three-point yeah. shooters. And you needed them to take them. Yep. And so they gave him the green light to take him, and sometimes it was a little rough. Yep. Now, now sometimes Jay Crowder wouldn't somehow make six, and all of a sudden the Jazz would be mopping the floor with somebody. But it was so inconsistent. And now, Ben, you know, it's no coincidence that they're the best three-point shooting team in the league right now because they've got legit guys who can, who can put it down. It'll be interesting to see what Mike Conley does when he comes back. And, and Boyan talked about how they're going to have to work him back into the system. But you've got to love playing on this team right now with the number of open looks you get. Just everybody gets an open three-point shot at least once a game. And then a lot of guys like Joe Ingles, I mean, how many open threes? He took? He hit a really tough one in the face of Brandon Ingram early in the game. But, man, the Jazz just kicked the ball around, and everybody on a pick-and-roll pops out to the three-point line just waiting for the shot. And these guys know it, and they've established this identity that they know to look for each other. Yeah. It's impressive. It's, it's, it's what the offense, I'm sure, Quinn Snyder imagined would look like and didn't have the players to do it. And now that toolbox is full, and, and he just keeps going to work. Well, and I think guys like Donovan and Joe have confidence in their teammates that they're going to make it. I yep. mean, Donovan had a, there was a transition three that George Niang made tonight where Donovan could easily have made a move to the basket, or he could just dish. Because he, uh, you know, took all the defense to him, and George Niang was going to have an open one, and Donovan, you knew, had confidence he was going to make it. Last year, I think you saw Donovan take a lot of those, and, and you know, try to get an and one or take a difficult shot because he didn't have the confidence in his teammates to knock it down. And frankly, Donovan going against a triple team was still a better play basketball wise than kicking it to an open Jay Crowder who may or may not have you know, made the three, or he certainly was taking it, whether he was making it or not. And that really is to, that is money ball. You know, I mean, that that is the fact that they're just going to say, we're just going to trust the numbers. And if we take enough of these with as well as we shoot, it's going to be in our favor, even if it doesn't always look like the right play. But if we take a ton and keep making them the way we are, we're going to be great. And, and that's how the Jazz are playing. Yeah. You know, that's the mentality that that team clearly has. And then they're 
they're, they're playing great basketball right now. Again, 11 of 12, 1, 6 of 7 on the road. The nice thing about three-point shooting, Jake, is it's indiscriminate. Yeah. It doesn't care who you're playing against. Right. If you're going to make threes, it doesn't matter if you're playing the best team in the NBA or the worst team in the NBA. You're going to win. You're going to win games if you make threes at that rate. All right, Ben. Uh, I, I will always make this joke, but what are we working on for KSL Sports tonight? We, Jake, are, are talking about how over this 12 games that the Jazz have played, they've won 11 of 12 now, the Jazz haven't put themselves in a situation to need a lucky call like this because they've won every game by two scores or more. So they're not barely escaping. Tonight they barely escaped, but that shows how good this team is that the refs haven't impacted games for the Jazz over the last 11 or 12 games now because they've been so good. I don't remember a call by any team saying, well, they screwed that up and that's why the Jazz won. The Jazz aren't getting lucky. Maybe they got lucky tonight, and it's sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, as, as we've said. The Jazz didn't even need that tonight, and they still got the victory. It's just they're playing really good basketball right now. And winning, as we talked about in the pregame, in a number of different ways. Tonight, Bogdanovich, you yep. know, and, and the bench again was good. And that was uh, Jordan uh, Clarkson was the main catalyst there. But uh, at one point they had 40 bench points. I didn't uh, count up, see where they finished. But uh, 40. They won 40 to 30. That's that's amazing. So I, four I would, games in a row the Jazz bench has outscored the opponents. I would never have predicted that a month ago. Never. No, because no, they weren't doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they no, weren't doing it at all. We were seeing nights, Ben, that were seven and eight points coming off the bench, yeah. which is yeah. which is ridiculous. And Emmanuel Moutier would have six of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and now the, the bench unit, they're given a bunch of production. I mean, George Nying continues to be lights out. He was two or three from three again tonight, and they deserve a, a ton of credit for coming in and, and playing hard. And then the, the starting unit, really, anybody uh, can have a, a real big-time impact on the game at any time, and that's that's a real luxury. And tonight it was Bogdanovich, but don't ignore the fact that Joe Ingles had 22-6. and six. I mean, that that's terrific, and we're, we're almost getting used to it with Joe. Yeah. And Jordan Clarkson had a bad night, and he had 16 points. You know, it's just, it's unbelievable what, what that can do to you. And again, it's it's the three ball and, and what he did, and, and Moutier was good at eight points, but man, it's just, it's such a difference when your bench plays well, <laughs> you know, and gives you the win as opposed to costing the Jazz wins like it was early in the season. All right, let's uh, look forward real quick, Ben, to Wednesday night's game against the New York Knicks. Um, all right, make this game interesting. Go. Knicks scored 45 points against the Clippers in the first quarter. I saw that yesterday. Actually. Yeah, that's wild. Okay, that's interesting. Mitchell Robinson against uh, Rudy Gobert is interesting. He's a good player. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> I mean, the Knicks really that's are bad. It. They scored 45 points in the first quarter and scored 40 combined in the second third quarters they're just they are really a mess it's it's a bad basketball team but they've been playing harder since they got rid of Fizdale which is unfortunate I actually think Fizdale should be in the NBA he's a good coach uh, and he'll find another spot somewhere on a staff if he's not a head coach but uh, that's probably the most interesting thing but I'm sure the Jazz are excited to come home and they get two games at home and then you go right back out on the road the the thing with the Knicks and I know this all goes to to James Dolan and ownership and and its weak leadership and all that but uh, I interviewed um Steve Steve on Smith, the former Ute, or Steve Smith Sr., as uh-huh. he made me call him. Uh, and he dropped this line. I, I wish I could remember exactly what it was. But he basically said, like, you know, there are a lot of crappy GMs in the NFL. Like, he just dropped that. Yeah. Like, there's just a lot of people that aren't good at their job in right. that particular job. With, with the Knicks, isn't it funny that... Kevin Durant basically admitted that all year long there was no way he was ever considering the Knicks. Yep. That 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 just was not going to happen. That was never a thing as we all thought it might be right. a thing. It was never a thing. Right. And apparently the only people that didn't know that were the Knicks. And then when they didn't get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, then to watch their their management scramble that somehow salvage an offseason by basically signing the same player four times is just it, it's it's amazing the 
there are some bad GMs in sports out there, and there's certainly some poorly run franchises. But that one, that one, I, I just couldn't believe that. When you go out and you sign four power forwards, basically, in today's day and age of the NBA, and Julius Randle is good. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of duplication on that team, and they're just not going anywhere fast. To not have a contingency plan in that spot is really crazy because I'm trying to go back. Uh, I'm looking at the roster from the Bucks from last year. I think this is the updated roster, so it's not going to work for me. Who was the, the, the forward the Jazz wanted to sign this offseason? Brogdon? Uh, who ended up going and playing Miritich. Oh, Miritich. Nikola yeah, yeah. Miritich. Thanks, Adrian. Jazz wanted to sign Nikola Miritich this offseason. Very well reported. Everyone knew that's what the Jazz were going to do. So their top goal was Tobias Harris, it seemed like. And then when Tobias Harris didn't seem like he was going to come, it was going to be uh, Miritich. And then when they realized, hey, this Miritich thing might fall apart, they knew what the next plan was. Right. And it ended up being Boyan Bogdanovich, and it's probably better than either of the two would have worked out had they signed either Tobias Harris or... Awesome. Yeah. But you have to know what your next step is if plan A doesn't work. And the Knicks were just like, nope. We're going to go get Kyrie or Kawhi. Our, our contingency plan is Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant if we don't get Kawhi Leonard. That's not a real contingency plan. No. And they and banked on having the number one pick to get Zion. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, then it was, yeah, and then we will get Zion otherwise. And it's really, they should have been, what can we do to get Boyan Bogdanovich? What can we do to go out and get a good point guard who can come in and help us play games? And they just didn't do any of it. And it's sloppy. It's just weird to be yeah. that bad when you're that important of a franchise. Right, or or even start over would have been a direction. Right. Like, uh, Porzingis is gone. Right. Maybe we didn't get the value we wanted. Dennis Smith Jr. stinks, so yeah. we should just break it down. Even starting over would have been better than throwing a bunch of money at mediocre players. And then and they just... said, let's sign four big guys, right? They signed Taj Gibson. They signed Julius Randle. When, again, their best young player is Mitchell Robinson, who's a center. Like, they kept going out yeah. <laughs> and getting big players. Duplication. Uh, Bobby Portis. Like, what? Yeah. What happened? And even Julius Randle, who's been very... Who's, who's really, really good. I mean, he's the same player. And then Marcus Morris. They, yeah. they, they stole him from San Antonio. It's crazy. <laughs> he just kept getting bigger. It's 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 wild. And, and hey, you know, we're armchair, you know, general managers yeah. or whatever, and, and somewhere Justin Zanuck is going, it's not that easy, yeah. guys. But but seriously, I mean... It's if not the, that hard. If that was a, if that's <laughs> it's not, not a, what the Knicks are doing hard. Right? Yeah. And you're just setting yourself up for failure because you sign all these players and you're like, hey, we did something, we're going to be good. Yeah. And then inevitably when you're not, you're like, oh, well, let's fire Fisdale, and that was the problem yeah. which it's obviously not, not yeah. and then it doesn't fix anything and then next thing you know you're the new york knicks and you haven't been good in 20 years i mean speaking of alan houston yeah uh, where um bogdanovich first player to have 35 points no assists and no rebounds since alan houston yep. in 2000 but that that for all intents and purposes was the last time the knicks were good which is just wild for a franchise like that in that market incompetence it and, is. and, and it, it every professional sport it's traceable up to the owner good it, teams generally have good owners and Bad teams that are always bad have really bad owners. Well, and, and here's the thing, and, and we're learning this by watching jazz players. Like uh, I had Jordan Clarkson on the big show the other mm-hmm. day, and uh, we asked him you know, his impressions and those those basic get-to-know-you yeah. kind of questions. And and he said he talked to George Hill, Kyle Korver, Rodney and Hood. Rodney Hood. Yeah, maybe Alec Burks because they may have crossed paths in he Cleveland. D- maybe they didn't. Okay. didn't mention Alec, but he mentioned those three guys and said basically all three of them, especially Kyle Korver, were telling him how – you're going to have a good experience. Salt yeah. Lake is great. The franchise is true. I mean, the, but my point is players talk and players know where they've had good experiences and bad experiences. And that's why I think the Jazz have been so cautious to take good care of their players because when they go somewhere else, it can still have an impact on your team. And with the Knicks, everybody knows what a disaster it is. And they all talk. Kevin Durant was never going there. Right. Which is amazing because there's no 
belief that Rodney Hood's tenure in Utah ended and George, uh, George Hill's tenure in Utah ended on the on an, a, a high note. Right. Like they need neither of them did. Rodney wanted out because Donovan Mitchell had kind of taken his spot, and understandably so. He wanted to go carve out his own niche and, and get a, a new contract. And George Hill didn't get the contract he wanted, and it ended up being a very smart move to not give him that because because he never kind of came back to be that player he was the first half of the season. Jazz were, were smart to make those moves. For those guys to leave that way and still say, you know what, that's a good place to play basketball, that says a lot about the infrastructure of the team. And that's, you know, when Dennis Lindsay talks about jazz DNA, it's not just the players. You know, it is kind of the, the, the cultural identity that I think exists. That there's just not a lot of guys who leave Utah and say, that was a nightmare, that was ridiculous. Like, Dante Exum might go and have a ton of success in Cleveland, and I don't think he's going to tell anyone that the jazz were doing it wrong. Right. I I mean, I could nerd out with, with you about this stuff all night. I love the, the game behind the game, yep. so to speak. I, I, I find it absolutely fascinating. But the, the George Hill leaving the Jazz story was such an under-talked-about story because have you ever seen an NBA player fire their agent days, in fact, hours right. before free agency were to begin? Yep. I mean, George was not happy with the way that contract was negotiated, and I bet you uh, he was unhappy with his agent because he should have probably said yes to one of those offers. Yep. that the Jazz put forward to him and got greedy, said no, uh, realized right before he went into the open market that the market for him was not going to be what they thought. And it actually cost George an incredible amount of money because he signed a, a non-guarantee, not a, let's see, the first year with Sacramento was guaranteed, but then what was it? It was like a three-year deal, but yeah. only one of the years was guaranteed. I mean, it was a not- he signed three years, 60, and the first two were guaranteed or something like that. Right. Yeah. It was not necessarily favorable to George and certainly with Sacramento, which yeah. was such a disaster at the right. time. That, that that was an interesting story that nobody entirely talked about as as why he left. But uh, should we uh, elaborate on what happened at the end of the game? Yes, because we've actually got it. Do now. we have the pool report? Uh, the NBA official just tweeted this out uh, when asked. Kane Fitzgerald met with pool reporter Will Golroy of The Athletic to offer uh, this between the Utah Jazz and New Orleans Pelicans tonight. Sorry, I'm just reading this live. I'm sure this sounds a little boring. Here's a transcript of the interview. What did you see on that last play? On the last play, we saw the drive to the basket, Brandon Ingram, uh, and felt that during live play, Rudy Gobert played legal defense. And what did you review after the play? The review was to make sure there wasn't a clock malfunction. After the review, there was none. The game was over. Don't lie to us, Kane. That's not what you were looking at. Was there a clock malfunction? Come what are you on. talking about? That's okay. So it had been a live play for forty-five seconds because the Jazz were off of a miss. I mean, it was, I guess thirty seconds. Right. What what malfunction would have happened? Okay. The the more amusing uh, story that we've heard tonight, Ben, that that they were reviewing the the clock uh, the clock issues, clock malfunction, or Rudy Gobert saying half the team has the cl- has a cold. I'm gonna go with. We've had two good ones tonight. Canes is bad because they shouldn't have a cold. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Those right. guys should be ready to do their jobs. Hmm. All right. All right. I'll go with Kane. I, I'm with you. Uh, all right. We want to say with that, we'll wrap things up tonight. We want to say a big thanks to Lock and Boone for bringing us the action tonight. Terrific job by them as usual. Thanks to our broadcast assistants. Thanks to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to the uh, title sponsor of the postgame show, Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Um, big thanks to Ben Anderson. Keep an eye uh, out for his piece up at kslsports.com. Ben, thank you very much, my friend. Thanks, Jake. We'll see you soon. All right. Next broadcast, the Jazz back at home Wednesday night, taking on the Knicks. That game will tip at 7. Pre-game begins at 6. And, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.